All right. Hey, hey. hey this is your host, Brandy, with Bo Conversations with B. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad that you're here. As you can see, I have my special guest. But before I introduce her, I want to shout out uh, three people, which one is my sponsor. That is uh, B. Anderson Collection. They want you to live your life in color. You can find any lip bold, bold, bright lipstick at Brandy with an ID Anderson son.com. All of the lipsticks are $10. Also, I want to shout out Akia Hill, um, a couple of women that make sure that I am looking good and looking right and tight. <laughs> Akia Hill, she is the owner of Hair from Scratch. I do not have all my hair today, but typically I will have a piece on. Um, but she is a custom wig maker out in DeSoto, Texas, and she's always making sure that my hair is looking pretty dope. Also, I want to shout out Gracie Escanonzo. Um, she is the owner of Gracie, Gracie Nail Artistry. She's located in South Fort Worth, and she's always making sure my hands look right. And my birthday is this Friday, so she makes sure my hands look really, really pretty. So um, just wanted to shout them out, get that all out of the way. So let me bring on my special guest. It is Darina. Dario. Daria. Daria. Yeah. I had to practice this and I don't mind being corrected. So if I say it wrong again, please make sure you correct me because I want to make sure I get it right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I want to just talk about this bold woman real quick because she is so fierce and the reason why I say that is because I remember when I uh, spoke with her before she agreed to be on the show and I was sitting in my car. I was getting it was the Texas Rangers game. They weren't in the mm -hmm. World Series yet. And I was getting ready to meet my cousin and uh, her boyfriend for dinner. And I'm sitting on the phone. And this woman was very courageous about her background, but also she was very courageous to let me know about her faith. Um, and she made it very clear. She was like, listen, if you want to talk about Jesus baby, it's a no for me. So, um, and I appreciate that. So thank you so much. And so that goes into this, um, bold conversation. So to kick us off, I just want you to tell and speak to our audience and tell us, tell us who you are, who's your family, who are your people, my people. Okay. Well, first of all, happy early birthday to you. you. And so as my bio states, I am a daughter first, first of all, before I'm a wife, before I'm a mama, I'm a daughter of the most yeah. high King. So like you said, if we want to talk about Jesus, let's do that all day. Okay. So I'm a daughter of the most high King. I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I, you know, I, I homeschool my kids, like use that term loosely. You know, we do K-12. It's an online public school. Yeah. Um, but I, I recently published uh, a journal. My, my heart beats for family. So it's all about, you see that lineage and legacy right behind yeah. you. So it's, it's all about passing generational knowledge. So like for faith stories, I think we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, like, go, ahead, go in. Our families have faith stories. Okay. Yeah. So for example, this is not the bio, you know, Brandy, you know, we off on a tangent already. Yeah, we, yeah, we're starting yeah, on yeah, a tangent. Yeah. Okay. So my, uh, my, my grandfather had a massive heart attack. Mm. massive should have killed him okay right on his front lawn my grandmother was there with him and she yeah. said to him warren that was his name warren why don't you ask jesus to have mercy on you mm. he asked the lord to have mercy on him he didn't die he as a matter of fact he lived seven years after the time they said that he would live so 
for for my family as i shared with you before the you know before yeah. we came on my son is in the hospital right now yeah. but the the thing is if i wasn't able to look back and that's just one of many instances yeah. if i wasn't able to look back and say okay so my family called on his name my family's faith was this that or the other yeah. like you can read stories in the bible but that feels so far away but when oh you know you God. can reach back to mama and papa or you can reach back to your mom and your daddy or in your own life and yeah. see what he's done for you then it, yeah. that, that solidifies you in your yeah. faith yeah so i want you to a uh, man and thank you so much for sharing that um because i know um it, it means a lot to you and for those of you who you you did not hear her misspeak she did let me know right before this um um but i she, I didn't know that. I didn't know the child was in the hospital, but she did let me know. Um, so we did say a prayer for her son and her family. So um, for those of you who are believers, you know, send a prayer up for um, the family. Um, but so why marriage therapy? Hmm. Well, for me, yeah, marriage Marriage is the is like the building block for society, right? So I'm, I'm hearing some feedback. I'm not sure if, if everybody else is hearing it, but it sounds like something's going on with somebody's mic. Can you hear me okay? Okay. All right. So marriage is the building block for society. So when we look at uh, a lot of things we see on a big on a big scale that we're complaining about, you know, oh, the crime is this or the you know this this that or the others going on in different neighborhoods. If we get down to like the microscopic level of that, this is my view. If we can begin to have healthy marriages and healthy families, then we begin to have healthy neighborhoods and healthy communities and healthy cities, right? So of course it's not a, you know, it's not a a penicillin pill. You know, it's not like, oh hey, for all the problems, let's just go ahead and fix the marriages yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But but that's a big, that's a big part of it, right? So if yeah. we have healthy marriages, chances are will produce healthy children. And when I'm saying healthy, I mean emotionally, you know, spiritually, um, relationally. So for a lot of us, you know, who grew up in families where, um, you know, maybe our parents weren't still together anymore, we, we can look back and we can see, okay, so mama did the best she could. Daddy did the best he could. You know, grandma, whoever raised you, did the best they could. But yeah. if we can do things differently, yeah, then let's do them differently. So, so for what me, is a healthy, what does a healthy, what is a healthy marriage? Well, first of all, a healthy marriage has two healthy people in it, right? Okay. So a marriage is only going to be as healthy as the people who are in it. So if one of us is healthy and the other one of us is toxic, guess what? Yeah. Our marriage is toxic. Yeah. Right. So okay. healthy is depending on how you, how you define it is going to, we're going to look at areas of communication. That's number one. Yeah. If we can't communicate, then we can't do anything well. Yeah. Right. Um, vulnerability, mm. but vulnerability is only going to come in a safe space. So do I, can I trust you? Mm. I'm not going to be vulnerable with somebody that I don't know how they come in. Like if, if I'm sharing, if I'm like bearing my heart to you yeah. and I don't know today, if you're going to be okay with it or, you know, uh, or the next time I do this, you're going to be like, Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you don't get that, that part of me. So being able to be vulnerable, being able to communicate, yeah. being able to trust each other and long-term commitment. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to go through seasons in marriages. I told you when we spoke the first time I got married yeah. at 19 years old, Brandy, I was a yeah. baby. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And my, you know, my husband is older than me. He was 31. I was 19. But mm. even, even as a man of 31 years old, he didn't yeah. know who he was either. Yeah. You know, so just understanding that we're going to go through different seasons. So who yeah. I married is not who my husband is today. Who he yeah. married is not who I am today. Absolutely. But are we down to go through the seasons? Yeah. So let's break, let's break that down. So you said, you said communication. It was That's number one. Yeah. Communication. The last one, I didn't get the middle one. So um, the other one was commitment. Or so we had trust and vulnerability. Trust and vulnerability. So break those down. Let's let's start with communication. Okay. So first of all, it's a two-way street. So if I'm doing all the talking, we are not communicating. Yeah. Okay. But on, at the same time, there's such a thing called active listening. If I'm if I'm talking and you are like you on your phone? I'm about to I'm about to listen. Listen. If I'm talking and you and you on your phone, we're we're still not communicating. You can tell yeah. me, mm hmm, yeah. uh huh, yeah. I heard you. We're not communicating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the communication is so big, Brandy, because there's so many different components to it. So first of all, we have to be able to speak it. We have to be able to express, give language to the thing yeah. that we want to talk about. There yeah. has to be a person who's receiving the information. There's processing the information. But then at the same time, and this is where this is this is something that I had to learn that was really huge was timing is very important. Oh, so about that. When when my husband first comes home from work, if, if there's something that's going on, and I want to talk about it, I can't hit him with that. As oh, soon as he God. walks in the door. So he walks in the door. Hey, y'all, I'm home. Let me tell you about this. He don't want to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You better tell these people. And even if he did decide, you know what? Let me just listen to her. Yeah. Chances are it won't end as well. Yeah. As if I had given him time to decompress, you know, and like be in a better state, a more relaxed yeah. state to be able to yeah. receive what I'm saying and yeah. be able to think about a solution to it. Do you ever find that people, people, um, you know, marriages, husband and wife have to have like code words or something to, um, ask for it not permission but to say like do you have the capacity for x because even though it's timing it's still maybe not today mm -hmm. yeah so have you have you ever come across where you had to counsel through a marriage where people had to have these type of code words and what did that look like so when the the work that my husband and i do with couples our mm -hmm. code words are not usually excuse me, I'm not usually used for um, timing of communication is usually more for conflict. But in terms of communication, I say, okay. if you need a code word, then come up with a code word, you yeah. know, but, but otherwise, like when, when you're in a relationship with somebody, never stop learning, you know, yeah. study, study that person. And you'll get to a point where you realize, okay, you know what? He, he looks like his plate's a little full. If it can wait, then wait for a different time. Some things can't wait, though, you know, and so if it's something that that simply can't wait, then maybe give him a couple minutes to decompress. Or if it's you, yeah. let him let him know, hey, just give me five minutes. Let me yeah. let me go breathe, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's something that's pressing like that, OK, then let's let's get down to it. But I mean, if you need a code word, get a code word. So what about if you don't know if your person is 
you know, like they're in this space where it's unknown, but it's known. Like, hey, I, I, I just, I'm, I need I to can't. Like, yeah. like I'm just, I can't right now. Okay, so I'll tell you what, I don't, let me, let me not pre, like read what you're saying. Give me an yeah. example. Let's work through, um, give me a for instance. So the husband walks in the door, you're maybe excited about something and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you all this stuff. But he's like, give me a minute. Like, mm -hmm. or, or I'm supposed to recognize the cue of that they need a minute without it being known. Like, what are things that I need to be paying attention to um, in regards to my person to say, like, they look like they need a minute. I can't give them all this excitement right now. If you don't know, you don't know. You know, yeah. and so that's that's where it comes back into having two healthy people in a relationship. Yeah. So if there's something that he needs, he needs to also yeah. be able to communicate to, to you, just like yeah. you should be able to communicate to him. So if you're excited about something and yeah. you you know you you like, let me pounce, let me tell him because I'm excited. If he needs yeah. five minutes, he should be able to tell you he needs five minutes. But if he yeah. can't, you know, yeah. that at that case, in in that case, I would just try to try to not get my feelings hurt if he's not as excited as I am. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then you said the other component was trust and vulnerability. Can we hmm. dig into that? What is what is trust? Because these are two different things. Like yeah, they are. You know what I mean? But they're but they're. I feel like that should be at the top. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're so deep. So mm -hmm. let's talk about trust. Like, what are some of the common things you said you you and your husband focus on conflict resolution? So what are some of the common themes that you're seeing when it comes to trust? Um, baggage, you mm. know, so like, like we were saying, um, a lot of, a lot of people that we work with come from homes where there weren't two parents. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of times if we were, um, if we were, or they were, or you were, I'm not sure, you know, yeah. in, in homes where mama did all of it, you know, mama, mama worked, mama came home, did the homework, you know, she paid the bills, blah, blah, blah. Then a lot of times there's an expectation that that's the way it's going to be mm. right because that's what we've always seen that's what mm -hmm. husband may have always seen so he's just yeah. thinking she got it mama had it you know yeah so she got it so yeah. like being being able to set expectation that's one of the main things that we do in the work that we do with couples is let's on the front end let's set expectation for who's yeah. doing what and that's not yeah. to say that the roles don't change you know because yeah. eventually or over time depending on the season you're in the roles may change, but, yeah. but the, the trust component comes into like, we're going to go deep with trust. That means that at the end of the day, if we've said, I do, this is not always for boyfriend, girlfriend, you, you know, there is a level of um, yeah. wisdom and discernment that you have to have yeah. when you're, when you're in relationship with people who you're not in covenant with, because we can be yeah. in relationship with people that we're not in covenant yeah. with. Right. Yeah. But so for husbands and wives, I need to be able to trust that if I'm going through something that I don't have to be afraid that you're just going to be like, okay, um, this is too deep for me. Mm -hmm. I'm bouncing. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, that's like the, that's like the biggest trust issue. So I need to be able to know that you're going to be there, but just on, on the day-to-day -day basis, learning each other and learning is, is this something that, that I feel comfortable sharing with you? Are you going to make me feel judged or feel shame mm -hmm. if I, you know, if I share this with you or if I feel this way. But what about if they do feel judged? Well, they may, they may. And then again, that goes back to two healthy people, right? Yeah. So, and it goes back to communication, which is why communication was number one. Okay. So 
if if we can't communicate, if I can't communicate to you, yeah, I, I feel judged when you say that or when you wow. look at me this way, then the trust and the vulnerability will never be there. So how do you overcome that? Overcome the, the trust issue or the Yeah. The well, trust and the vulnerability. First of all, let's remove the stigma that therapy and uh, counseling or for people who are crazy. Let's remove that stigma. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. as we talked a little bit before, you know, before the, before the show, a lot of times yeah. people are hurting because there's a mask, there's the facade. There's like, Oh, well I can't, you know, I, I got to look like I got this all together. No, you yeah. don't. No, you don't. So yeah. in terms of being able to overcome trust issues and being able yeah. to overcome vulnerabilities, if you need help with that, yeah. find somebody who can help you. And if it's not if it's not counseling, find a mentor, find a couple in your sphere, in your church, in your, you know, community. Even if you don't have that, there are things there. There are mentor programs online that you can find for marriages that can help you in these same areas. Yeah. So what about when it comes to so we're talking about trust, so communication, we're talking mm -hmm. about trust. What about vulnerability? What is vulnerability? So, first of all, if I don't trust you, I'm not being vulnerable with you. If you're not safe, you you get topical. How was your day? Good. That's the kind of answers you get, right? But when I trust you, I can be vulnerable. I can say, you know what, my day was okay, but you know, I was going through this and I felt this kind of way, blah, 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 blah. But that's if I feel like you are safe, feel like if you care, if you have something to offer or if you're a good listener, you know, cause sometimes, sometimes our men want to fix it. Right. And sometimes I don't need you to fix it. Sometimes I just need to let you, let me vent. Yeah. How do you know? When- you know, so can you see me? Brian? Oh, I can't, I can't. I see you get cut in and out just a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So what, what were you saying? So I know you were, you were talking about, you know, uh, being able to be vulnerable and talk about your day instead of just saying, I'm good. It was great. It was okay. All those different things. Mm-hmm. But like, have you, have you come across part, part you know, um, relationships or marriages mm-hmm. um, that weren't able to be vulnerable and how were they, how were y'all able, how were you and your husband able to help them resolve that? So most of the work that we do are with, premarital couples or couples within the first three years of marriage. Um, So we haven't seen a whole lot of that, but the few that we have seen in terms, it usually ties back to that baggage, right? So I'm not, and sometimes we're in relationship with with somebody who has given us that baggage, you know, so Mm -hmm. like we've, I'm in a relationship with you and we, we kind of work through some stuff, but you know, you did cheat on me three years ago. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you have caused hurt for me. And so in terms of, of overcoming vulnerability, that's only going to be overcome if the trust is established. And so sometimes we're with people because it's who we, we want to be with or it's who we're expected to be with or, you know, um, just any, any number of reasons. But the thing is, marriages can only work when you can be vulnerable with somebody. So if you, if you haven't gotten to the point where you can, or you, you don't trust that person, get yeah. some help. Yeah. But that help, get the help if that person is willing. Okay. Yeah. So it takes two very willing people, especially if the baggage has come from that person. 
if the yeah. previous hurt has come from that person. Yeah. And so, you know, we, 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 I think we're going we're gonna to slip into forgiveness a little bit. Yeah. But like yeah. our definition as a, as a people, our definition of forgiveness is not always healthy. Mm. Okay. So sometimes we feel like, okay, I forgave you. So now I got to pretend like nothing happened. And that's not the case. So yeah. if, if, if you are the person who has hurt me, I can forgive you, but that does not mean I have to stay with you, mm. you know, and I'm talking, I'm not talking marriage. I'm talking like we're yeah. entering into marriage or we're still, you know, going yeah. into relationship. Yeah. Um, but I can forgive you and still decide this is not a fight that I want to fight because, it, because it is, that's work. And the thing is, if you're with a person who, yeah. uh, who's, who's hurt you one way or another, you know, if yeah. they've cheated on you or they've lied or whatever it is that has yeah. broken the trust, yeah. being able to rebuild trust is work. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, the, per the person who has caused the offense, yeah. they may think they want to put the work in, you know, mm -hmm. but, but if it's two years down the line. Uh -oh. Okay, we lost. We lost her. Give me one second. I I still see you. Okay, I'm okay. here. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Here. So yeah, it, down down the like two years down the road, they may be like, you know what, you should be over this by now. Yeah. You can't tell me when it is that I that yeah. I should be over it. You know, there may yeah. be certain things that kind of crop up, and it gives me a it, it sets me back a little bit. So yeah. like, you know, the thing is, we got to be committed. So we have to be committed to the process if you want to stay. If you're being vulnerable mm -hmm. to your partner, um, because it's it's important, um, and the person doesn't respond the way, or let me let me say this: if you are being vulnerable and open, knowing knowing that okay. this could probably hurt the person mm. but because you know that you need to talk about it mm -hmm. um because you don't want to leave you, you just don't want to leave it lingering like how do you oh you know how do you overcome that like mm. the partner is like well listen in order for for this to continue to work for us to build trust i, I gotta be open about some things that are going on internally with me mm -hmm. and they may not be um mushy gushy it may not be it's not going to be exciting mm -hmm. for neither one of us but it has to be said with the other person you know the other person responds in part you know like how do you overcome that and re rebuild like that yeah so at, at the end of the day, what has to be said, you know, like if it's if, if it's something, this is not something that like it's oh, it's just a preference for me. Like if this is something that has to be said in order for us to move forward, then yeah. it's got then you have to say it, yeah. you know, but but we're going to have to pay attention to timing, okay. to, like to tone, right, mm -hmm. to the type of statements that we use. So, I mean, we don't want to make the person yeah. feel attacked. We don't want them to be like, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, well, you you, 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 because yeah. you could be telling me two bad things and six good things. But if you're coming at me with all the use, boom, yeah. my wall is up and I don't want to hear what it is that you have to say. Yeah. Right. So I think that being able to create an environment um, where y'all are both kind of at ease and calm yeah. Uh, yeah. timing and then the, 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 the words are important. But the thing is, if it has to be said, Brandy, yeah. you know, like this is going to make or break our relationship. 
then you got to say it, you know, and you, you can, you can preface it with something like, you know, this may be hard to hear and it's, you know, I just want to kind of soften the blow a little bit, you know, this may be hard for you to hear, but this is how I feel. And so if these are things that you're feeling, make sure that you're communicating because just because we feel it doesn't mean it's a fact. Right. 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 I'm learning in therapy. Um, one of the things that they had us do, and actually as a part of a nonprofit that I was a part of, they had us go through some training uh, and told us to, when you speak on things, to say, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because it may not be factual for the other person or they don't feel, they, they won't feel that however you're feeling or how you took it is not how they meant to to say the thing or do the thing and things like that. Like, that's not how it was meant. And so I'm learning that. And typically when I go in, I'm like, I feel <laughs> like this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we talked about communication. We talked about trust and vulnerability. But then we talked to the last one was the commitment, the longevity of this um, covenant relationship that you make with this person. So what does that look like? Commitment, and I touched on it just a little bit, but we'll go a little bit deeper because commitment is a decision, right? But it's a decision that if if we're in covenant relationship that two people have made, that this is where we're going, where whatever it is, whatever bumps we hit along the road, we're going to face these bumps together, right? So I'm not going to get halfway up the the hill and say, can you hear me? It's, it's saying that the connection is lost. Yeah, I can hear you. Brandy? Uh-huh, I can hear you. Are you here? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh-oh, I think she froze. I think she froze, but I think this is, um, yep. There she goes. We lost her. That's all right. She'll um, she'll be back on. But um, this is very good as far as like the it was five of them: communication, trust, vulnerability, and commitment. Um, for those of you who are watching, um, the what do you? Which one is more important for you? And thinking about like if you're married or in a relationship, like which one is important to you or i know all of them make sense into you know being in a committed you know committed uh i can see you it says i'm back on stage okay let's see here let's uh bring uh back on give us one second so sorry for the technical difficulties i see you're here Uh, but it won't let me bring you on so let's see here Sorry, everyone. Sorry for the um, difficulties here today. It's okay. Um, Darina, you might have, Darina, you might have to come back in and come back out because um, it's showing you off video feed. It doesn't even show your video feed on for me to bring you on. Communication is very important. Yeah especially on the, in the terms of what she was talking about, about regarding, you know, you have to know how to communicate. That then brings, you know, brings about, you know, understanding communication then brings about the trust and the vulnerability to be open about either your day. There we go. 
All right, here we go. Let's see. Are you there? I'm here. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. The devil mad today, baby. Okay. I was like, what is going on? This ain't never happened. Look, how many times? Not two, three times? Yeah. yeah you get out, I'm, devil. You bye. I'm like, what is going on? So somebody, as, as we were waiting for you, I um, was asking our guest which one is important. Um, say, uh, Sandra, I, I might be saying. Chadran, I saw it say communication. Yeah, is she very was important. like, communication is very important to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like speaking on that. So we were talking about, we left off with the commitment, commitment. the covenant mm -hmm. commitment of this, uh, of, mar of being married. Mm -hmm. But what it made me think too is that as you, you and your husband are doing premarital counseling, you can't prepare people for everything nope so what is some of the things that you ask these couples to do to discover things that they probably that are unseen mm -hmm. so the, the very first thing um that i would that i would recommend to any any marriage is yeah have a have a vision statement for your marriage mm. right know where you want to go what mm -hmm. y'all want to accomplish, you know, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it is, it's not about the things that you do. It's about the people that you become. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if you are a person who is, who is X, Y, Z, you don't have to worry about doing the things, right? Because just the sheer fact that you are that person, you're going to do the things naturally. So when I was talking about commitment, mm -hmm. commitment is like, First of all, I was on my hill thing. I was doing the hill when I lost my connection. So, like, yeah. you got to know that as you go up the hill in life, that the person's not going to get midway up the hill and be like, you know what, this this load is a little too heavy. You know, I think yeah. I think I'm a bounce, right? So yeah. we we need to be committed, committed, like anchored, and that's part of the reason why being equally yoked is so important. Yeah. Right. So, not just in terms of faith, definitely in terms of faith for me. Yeah but not just in terms of faith, but also in terms of values. So mm -hmm. on the front end, does this person value commitment? Does this person value family? Does this person, you know, do they have the stick with it type of yeah. Yeah. personality? Not even just personality, but but type of value, like core values, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I'm sorry, you asked me a question I wanted to answer, but I want to put a period on the commitment. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I found out uh, thankfully on the front end of my marriage. And yeah. I think me and you spoke about this a little bit um, in the, in the, in the very first meeting that we had, but yeah. my grandparents were married for 52 years yeah. um, before my grandmother passed away. And when I was in college, when I was doing my undergrad, I, I, I was given an assignment to do a life interview on somebody. And so my grandmother was my absolute favorite person in the whole wide world. Yeah. So I chose, I chose her. So I'm gonna interview yeah. her, you know, for her life. And so one of the things that I asked her was, what is, what does it take to have, I mean, y'all about to get, if y'all married, y'all about to get free game because normally yeah. people, they gotta be in our doing sessions with us for them to get this, but I'm gonna give it to y'all anyway. I said, what does it take to have a marriage that can last for, yeah. for over 50 years? And yeah. so I was 18 at the time. So, you know, I knew everything. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Hello. So I, I even, I, I asked the question and I answered, I was like, what does it take love? And she looked at me, she said, no, like almost like, why would you even say that? So in yeah. case you hadn't noticed love was not one of the answers that I gave y'all about making, yeah. you know, making marriage work. She said, yeah. it's commitment. She said, it's, it's knowing that it's going to be two people who are building a life together 
And no matter what we face, we're going to face it together. Yeah. So I asked her, I said, well, because I called my grandmother, Mama, I called my grandfather, Papa. I said, so, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to ask Papa and see what he said. She said, don't ask him. His answer going to be the same as mine. So um, commitment. That, this, is, this is after 50 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. For somebody to look back and tell me the thing that got us through this was we were committed. That's it. Eight children. And this mm. was not, you know, this was, this was, wow. this was back in the day where, you know, grandma, she's scrubbing people's toilets and coming home and still having to take care of her family. And, her, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So life was not easy for them, but commitment. Yeah. We're committed to one another. We're committed to our family. So what does, when you say committed to the family, what does that mean? Sacrificial love, right? So our model for marriage, of course, it's Jesus in the church, right? Yeah. And so Jesus loved the church sacrificially. He gave himself up for her, right? Okay, so our our definition, my husband and I, our definition of commitment is sacrificial love. To our detriment, you know, no, because we want to be healthy enough yeah. to, to be able to, to still be around for our family. But yeah. that, that means that sometimes I'm going to have to do stuff I don't want to do because it's the best thing for us or it's yeah. the best thing for our family. Yeah, yeah. You can't be selfish and have a successful marriage. Like that's period. You can't yeah. be selfish. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's so true. Because when I think about um, some of the conversations that I've had with um, many married women and women who are humility to get married or just newly being married. Um, and I end up encountering women that have they they had children at a very early age mm -hmm. like i was i was a, a teen mom mm -hmm. and so some of the women that i end up encountering are teen moms so they bring this other child in, in, into this um, family that they're building and um they're trying to figure out like making decisions like do i get one more kids um do i do have more kids what does this look like so what is something that you think that um, when, when couples get into premarital counseling, that the counseling is the myth that they have about marriage? When that, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to hear you really well. What, oh, okay. So when you have, when you're, when you're doing premarital counseling mm -hmm. with these couples, what are some of the myths that they come up with regarding? Oh, that marriage is going to make me happy. <laughs> you know, oh, I'll be whole once, you know, marriage, marriage does not make you whole. Marriage, if anything, will expose your vulnerabilities. It will expose your insecurities, right? So you, a, a healthy marriage, most times, Brandy, healthy Donna, marriage. Break it down, girl. Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> most times, healthy marriages or they're, they're not like whole at inception right like we have to grow to a point of mm -hmm. of being a healthy having a healthy marriage right yeah because every person comes into every relationship with baggage and yeah. if you haven't gone through sufficient premarital counseling you may not know what what you're bringing into the marriage yeah. right i'm sure that you've heard the um heard the analogy before people say you know like uh this person cut you but you bleed on all of these other people right yeah People don't always know that they're bleeding, right? 
But when yeah. you get into a relationship, so like I'm living with this person. Yeah. And so now these things that they're doing working on my nerves or, you know, I always seem like I'm working on the marriage is going to expose those things. Yeah. And so um, like just understanding that marriage is not going to make you whole. That's that's myth number one. Yeah. Um, marriage is not going to make you happy. If you're unhappy going into marriage, yeah. you're going to be unhappy in marriage as well. Um, let me see some of the other myths. There's so many. There's there's so many myths. Those are two of like the most the most common ones. Um, Have you ever found where you were doing premarital counseling with a couple and you realized like I don't know if this is in y'all's best interest? Yes. And ultimately, the decision is up to them. Yeah. But we have we have had to tell people before that we we recommend that they either you know take time apart and seek individual counseling. Yeah. or that they just kind of pump the brakes on getting married. So, I mean, it's not necessarily that you have to not get married, but right now is not the best time for y'all to get yeah. married. There's some things that you need to be able to unpack because marriage marriage is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but marriage is work, Yeah. right? And if, if you're in a place, if, if people are in a place where they're already at their wit's end or they already, you know, or... I don't not that I don't want to use the term unstable, but like you're barely making it with just you. Yeah. Getting into a marriage is not gonna it's not gonna do anything but further expose that. Yeah. Right. And and then you're adding a different you're adding another layer of responsibility with that. So we have had to tell, you know, people, hey, let's recommend that you push the date back or let's, you know, get counseling individually. Y'all need to try to work on this, that, or the other. Have you ever met That My husband and I have not personally, like, yeah. we haven't done that, like, where we're over a couple and we're mentoring or coaching them. Okay. But I see trauma bonds all the time. Like, even within, I don't want to say within my friend group, but within yeah. uh, people who are, I'm, you know, that I associate with on a, on a regular basis that we, we definitely have seen uh, trauma bonding. And it's, it's something that really is so prevalent, which th in those cases, that would be people that we would suggest, let's, you know. Let's let's get the individual counseling. But in the sense that they're already married, I mean, we're not yeah. going to say, hey, y'all, y'all should divorce and spend, you know, whatever. You know, it, yeah. at that point, no, yeah. you know, at that point, you, you're you in it right now. Yeah. So you're already in that covenant. Let's let's get the help that you need to be able to to move past that, because we don't want to bring, you know, we don't want to bring children into that type of environment. Right. Because then we get down the road and we're like, we're, we we messed our kids up, yeah. you know. So if, if you're if we're. For example, if we had if we had a couple yeah. who was married um, and they and they had trauma bonded, part of the assessment that we do with them, it, it has a section that's called red flags. 
And so some of the red flags that we see could include things like uh, addiction, you know, to gambling or sex or pornography yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. Having been abused as a child, having been abused in previous relationships, you know, like oh, those things are covered in the assessment. And so yeah. um, if if they're already married and they've 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 formed that trauma bond, then it just means that the work that we do is going to have to be more extensive um, with them. But but the thing that they have to know is that there is hope and you can absolutely overcome those things, even yeah. if you have trauma bonded. Yeah. Um, one of the concerns is, let's say y'all trauma bonded and then once you're free, you know, or you've, you've done the work and you've moved past that, let's say you, you know, I don't like this person anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the connection that we had was, was our dysfunction. Our dysfunction, the trauma. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, it, we, we haven't seen that, but in a case like that, then I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're in it. I'm, I am not an advocate for divorce, you know, yeah. so I'm, I wouldn't say, oh, well, since y'all don't have anything in common, let's go ahead and get divorced. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, so let's, you may have to rediscover that person. Just as you rediscovered yourself, you have to rediscover that person and you, you, you'll find you know, because because I believe we talked a little bit about that. We talked about yeah. the, the grace of God. The grace of God, I think, is going to cover that covenant. Right. Yeah. So just because we, we trauma bonded once we got free, let's rediscover yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And, and let the grace of God do what the grace of God does. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So. When do you think three? When do you, when do you think is the, the threshold when you start really seeing? different scenarios in your marriage? I think that's that's different for every couple because yeah. some couples lived together before they got married. So, I mean, yeah. they might've saw some stuff beforehand, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but usually like in terms of statistics, yeah, when we're looking at um, divorce for various reasons, for adultery, yeah. financial issues, you know, for all these different things, that's around yeah. year eight. So it, like statistically, 8.2 years is where most marriages, if they're gonna divorce, that's where the that's where they mm. they they cut they call it quits. So yeah. obviously they've gotten to the point of wanting to divorce. So they probably begin to see it somewhere probably around, you know, mm-hmm. three. They said yeah. the first the first year of marriage is the hardest. That's what they say. It wasn't for me. You know, I don't our, like our hardest year I'm didn't so, come away after that. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't feel like that's so true. Like I feel like you're still you know, oh, you still honeymoon. You're still honeymooning. You cruising. Girl. Everything is great. You yes. are amazing. Your annoyances is so cute. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that first year, that was not it. Okay. Well, I was still way over the moon for the first year. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was so over the moon, Brandy, that I was, you know, I told you I got, I got married young. I did not yeah. know better. Okay. Yeah. Thankfully yeah. my mama did. So I, yeah. I was so in love. I was ironing his underwear. You see what I'm, I'm saying? Just, I'm, 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 my mama told me, she put me to the side. She said, um, don't do, don't start something you don't intend to finish. That was Girl, the last pair I listen, ever ironed. Listen, simple, but very much true. Very wise, very wise. So, but yeah, the first year, it, that's not it. But like, the thing is, the reason why I say it's different for every couple is because when, when does the hard season hit? See, yeah. like, see, when you get into a hard season, that's when you yeah. really begin to see each other's deficits. That's yeah. when you get to see your own deficit and, yeah. and see how we go through this season. So like yeah. I said, for us, it was way after the first year, you yeah. know, we, we're from New Orleans. So coming yeah. through, and we're, we're here in Texas all, yeah. because of Hurricane Katrina, oh, you know, really? so coming through Katrina, like yeah. you, 
that's that's when you get to see okay how does he handle pressure how does he how does she handle stress you know what i mean like going through a journey of trying to have kids and can't have kids like how do they yeah how do they handle that yeah you know what i mean yeah. job loss you know losing a parent those kind of things like that's yeah that's when you really get to see so it's not necessarily a year marker you know yeah. but let a hard season hit and then you'll get to see yeah yeah um, I have a good friend of mine, a couple, her husband got, came here through Hurricane Katrina too. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he speaks a little bit about the trauma that does come with that. Um, and, and thinking about like what you're talking about, like the baggage, the things that that does to the psyche of the person. But I want to go back to something because this um, came to mind, um, talking about the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because we're two women um, thinking about vulnerability, in um, the way that um, culture is shifting, they're they're uh, they're want, especially with COVID, people are wanting you know people are wanting you to be real, like be open. Mm -hmm. But like, how does that look like on the man side? Because we ain't talking about that. Because I think for us women, we can lean into that um, sometimes very easily. If the space, if the if the if the space is safe, we can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But like, what does that look like? Like thinking about your marriage like what did that look like for your husband for being coming through katrina or just being vulnerable period just being vulnerable period well so of course my husband had the same you know like that macho thing on the front end you know yeah. what i mean like oh like you know i don't cry in front of her or you know blah 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 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but the thing is i i've and i didn't always have this right i had to i had to get to the point and honest to god i i'd be lying if i if i didn't tell you that it was the holy yeah. spirit that like that gave me this i had to become a safe place for him to to be able to tell me how he felt you know what that what that looked like was when he what he shared with me i couldn't go share with other people right there there is nothing more hurtful to that, that i believe for a man than for him to be vulnerable with somebody and then hear about what he was vulnerable about right so that's like that's why trust and vulnerability are different but i'm not vulnerable with you if i don't trust you yeah so yeah. um so for him that looked like me getting to a place that i could i, I understood that if he's trusting me with his with his heart yeah. I, I need to be safe for him mm. to, to do that um and to be honest with you once once he realized that once i became that and yeah. he realized that it was a lot easier for him to yeah. be able to to do that but also men men need a safe space which is not always um available to them which is yeah. why I, I love and we talked about this we talked about him before pastor darius daniels yeah. one of the things that i love about him is that he's very open about men being able to share their emotions right yeah. men are not robots they, they shouldn't have they shouldn't be made to have to go you know go through life robotically and and not feel our emotions are a gift you know yeah. They, they should not be the thing that we make our decisions based on, but they are indicators of, yeah. you know, what's going on with us. So yeah. um, one of the spaces that he created was something called made men. And so yeah. that's a, that's an area for men to be able to get together, share their vulnerabilities with each other because yeah. men need men just like women need women. Yeah. You know, so just like encouraging, encouraging our men to seek safe spaces like that, not, not as a substitute for, their vulnerability with us, but in addition to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
How important was that for your husband? It was huge. Yeah. It was huge, Brandy, because my, my, my husband, my husband, I don't want to say is the, is the blueprint or is the prototype because, you know, obviously the, he's had to be taught by the Lord how to be a husband and yeah. how to be a father because he's never met his daddy. Mm. Right. So, I mean, if he passed him on the street, he wouldn't know him. So there was, oh, there was wow. no man in his life to say, Hey son, this is how you treat a woman. This is how, what you teach to your sons, you know, that, that, that wasn't there. And so it was, it was very important for me to be patient with him, yeah. um, for him to be patient with himself. But then also as he's learning, he's a conduit. So he's the, the things that he learns is, is not something that he just, oh, let me just stack all this up. No, as I'm learning, because he knows that he's not the only man who grew up in a house and didn't have a father there. Yeah. You know, so which is, which is a part of the reason why the mentorship piece is very important for us. Yeah. Um, is so that as as he learns things, some things we learn through trial and error. And so if we yeah. if we know, hey, this don't work. Yeah. We want to let we want y'all to know on the front end, don't waste your time. Yeah. But if it's yeah. something that works, we also want to be able to share that. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's so good. Um, to 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 know that as I'm going through my own counseling, just for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, the importance of showing up as myself, being authentic. Um, one of the things, like kind of like what you said earlier, is that I'm discovering in the state that I was when I when when I did when I did get married, the things that I was going through, mm -hmm. um, how that affect how that affected me today. You mm -hmm. know, like and how does that affect it? How did it, it affect me? as I was making decisions um, for someone who has gone through so much trauma. Like I, I, I remember running down that list with my therapist and she was just like, um, <laughs> ma'am, <laughs> she was just like, uh, when is our next session? Because, oh, let me get you in tomorrow too. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is so much like, can we go back to the first? Wait a minute. Let's go back to the other one. And I was just like, girl, listen. She was like, you got a whole book. I was like, girl, listen. Uh, but the importance of being uh, self-aware. So I guess mm. like how how important is that? It's huge. It's yeah. huge. Because, okay, so, and this is, this is going to seem like a trite example, but Brandy, if, if I'm a cat, yeah. right? but I think I'm a dog. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's not going to work. The, yeah. Like I, I have to, I have to know who I am and the yeah. thing, that's why identity is so very important. And you're going to yeah. hear me always go back to the book. That's why, that's why the Bible is so important. That's yeah. why having a relationship with God is so important, especially yeah. for people like my husband who did not know their father, because a lot of us, like we, we get our identity. Yeah. Right. From, from our parents, from, but specifically from the father, even if you break it down DNA levels, the X, Y yeah. chromosome, all that kind that comes from daddy. Yeah. Right. So when, when, when you don't know who you are, you yeah. behave in all kinds of different manners, trying to see what fits. Yeah. Who, which one of these things are going to affirm me to yeah. make me feel like this is who I am. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so that's, that's, that's why it's so important. The self-awareness piece is very important, but the thing is, that's also where community comes in because we all have blind spots, right? Yeah, 
Absolutely. we may have some level of self-awareness, but we yep. might still be blind in another area. So yep. being able to have a husband or a wife that you trust, yeah, right, that you can be vulnerable with, um, yeah. but also having community. Who is around your marriage? Who's speaking into your marriage? Yeah. What are they speaking into your marriage? Yeah. Right. And so they'll be able to see things that you can't see and be able to speak to you um, about that. Yeah. So what are some key things like, um, and I think I've asked another therapist about this, but we were talking in a different context. Um, as people are getting engaged, excited about being married, what, what can they do today to, to, to start being self-aware and asking for, hey, why do I do this? Like, as a part of that community, like, mm -hmm. but like, what can they start doing to be, to, to be self-aware? What should they so, pay attention to? Um, first, cause since we're talking about awareness and identities and all yeah. that kind of stuff, let me, let me correct something that you said real quick, because okay. I'm not a therapist yet. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I am in school to become a therapist, but my husband and I are certified marriage mentors and coaches. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what we do. But in terms of, of people like wanting to get into that space, first of all, that's, that's huge. So you're already head and shoulders above yeah. a lot of other people in there because you're thinking like that. Like you're thinking, who do I need to be yeah. to have a successful marriage? Yeah. Right. So one of one of those things and you hit the nail on the head with it is going to be the community. Yeah. Right. Um, but let's not let's not neglect the importance of prayer. Mm. Right. So yeah. I think I told you before, my secret sauce is Jesus. And so, yeah, yeah, there's. I can rarely have conversations when we're talking about identity and becoming and purpose and all this kind of stuff without him. Yeah. Um, so if, if you are a believer, then what I'm saying is for you. Yeah. But in terms of having, having the self-awareness and having people who can speak into you and, and then not knowing things about yourself, ask yeah. him, the Holy spirit is our helper. Yeah. And so that, that doesn't mean that, Oh, he only helps me with this. No, he, he, the Lord doesn't leave his people ignorant. And mm -hmm. that includes, wanting to learn about yourself yeah um you know so that that piece having the community being open mm -hmm. being honest with yourself like nobody yeah. knows me better than i know me oh my gosh i right? literally was talking to somebody about this and a good friend of mine and we were having a conversation and she said oh, Brandy, just be honest with yourself and I was just like, I, I don't know if I want to be honest with myself because I don't want to be honest with how I feel. And because it was re it was real. And I've never in the, the you know, the honest truth, I've never felt that before. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh, like. I got to be like, I'm I think I'm open to other people to be honest with them about their stuff. But when it came to me, like, I got to be honest with me, like mm -hmm. how I feel. Mm -hmm. I was just like. You want me to say out loud that this right. is how I, I feel? Do that. <laughs> right. Like, mm, mm. like it's one thing to hear somebody else say it and to come to you and be like, this is how you act. Da, 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 da. That's one thing. Because that's about them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's how you feel about me. But like, mm -hmm. whatever. And it may have some truth to it, mm -hmm. but that's how you feel. That's not how I feel. Right. So, but then for you to look, in the mirror and i'm literally looking at a mirror i have like a mirror right here i'm like you know, look at like for you to look at yourself and for you to say um you know you do this right and um for you know you feel this way right mm -hmm. like that's how you really feel 
the the feeling may um that feeling may go away but right now in this state that's how you feel mm-hmm. and that was hard i was like what she was yeah. like uh-uh. you got to be honest with yourself you also what i'm learning is that you have to forgive yourself oh do you know how many people struggle with that oh my gosh i i do are you kidding me yes i know i'm i'm the very person that's just like you want me to it, like i it's you know like i went through in 2010 i um i had a horrific um, tragedy that happened to me, but I was telling a friend of mine that I remember I was sitting in my bedroom. We had just moved into, I had just got married, moved into my house. So it was three, four years later after this incident had happened to me. And I remember listening to a message. It was on TVN or something like that on TV. And I was watching it. And at that time I was going to work from home because I think I had a doctor's appointment. Something was going on where I was watching it during the time that i wouldn't be home mm-hmm. but i remember just falling out on the floor like because whatever the message was like i felt led to pray for that for the um, person who did harm to me mm. but it was i went i'm not gonna say it was easy mm-hmm. but that process i was able to go through the process that has been the hardest is me forgiving me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yep so many people, Brandy. So many people. I think I'm about to start crying. <laughs> and if you do this, look, you prayed before we came on here. I think the word you used was vulnerability. That I think that was the word you used in the prayer. And that's the thing. That is so, it's it's like, how do you forgive you mm-hmm. for wrong, bad, or ugly, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but for you to stare at yourself and say, I, I forgive you. Hmm. Like being kind to yourself because you're busy being kind to everybody else. Hmm. Why aren't you kind to yourself? So, um, yeah, forgive it, forgiving yourself. Like, I, I didn't read it through, through healing and therapy. I didn't realize how tough that would be. Like, you want me to look at me and forgive me? Mm-hmm. And that's real. And then like, and you talk about like at the beginning, you talked about the baggage, like that's, that's baggage. That is baggage. That I'm, you know, bringing, but it's, it's important. It's an important process Mm -hmm. because you either have done harm to people that you don't know you did harm to. Mm -hmm. You've done harm to yourself by talking, you know, either bad to yourself or self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you got to forgive yourself for doing that. And you probably have to do it multiple times. You're not even doing it once. It's not a one time occurrence. No, it's not. No, it is not. It is multiple occurrence of saying, I forgive me for, for acting that way, for mm-hmm. behaving, saying the things that I said to myself mm-hmm. yep. and being kind. So I know we're running into time. I, I think everything that you went over was beautiful and great. And I, I know this will bless somebody and nobody, I don't think any episode I've been on, I have cried. <laughs> Brandy, let me, let me say, and I'm, I, I, I want you to hear my heart um, about this because I really don't want you to, I don't want this to seem um, 
uncaring because I promise yeah. you it's coming from a good place. I yeah. promise you. As a matter of fact, as you sat here and you, you know, you bared your soul. I yeah. asked the father, tell me what, what would you have me to say to her? Yeah. And the, the thing that I heard was, and this is not please. Okay. <laughs> Brandy, listen, <laughs> please, Brandy. <laughs> but I'm begging you. <laughs> I want because but I want you to understand this is not going to be something that you can answer right away on yeah. this podcast. This is going to be something that you're going to have to sit with and yeah. really layer by layer pull this thing back. Okay. Yeah. Is your standard of forgiveness higher than God's standard of forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if he has forgiven, yeah. Then you should you like your 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 standard can't be higher than his standard. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So just, I want you to be able to sit with that, sis, because we are not in bondage to anything. That is yeah. not what Jesus came for. Yeah. Right? Who the sun set free is free indeed. That includes yeah. the prisons that we put ourselves in. Yeah. Right. And if you can get to the point where you can pray for somebody who has done such a horrific thing to you. Yeah. Right. Give yourself that grace. If you can give that person that type of grace. Yeah. Brandy deserves that grace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like you said, it's a process. This is going to be something that you may have to do daily. And as a matter of fact, I want to encourage you to do that yeah. daily. Make that something that you incorporate into your daily devotion yeah. or your affirmations, whatever it is that you do to forgive yourself. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you something. And then I, I know you said time was coming up. So I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. See, but you wait till the end. Like, this is my jam, Brett. Like, you should have talked to me about this before. Oh, my goodness. You're wrong for this, but listen to me. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going back to something. And, and so this this was a quote that a, that a person quoted. So Dr. D, who yeah. we talked about before, he, yeah. he said this before. And girl, when he said this, it blew my mind. Okay. Yeah. So he quoted Pastor Denise Boggs. I don't know if you've heard of her uh, with uh -huh. Living Waters Ministry. Uh -huh. um, this lady asked him something one day. She, she wanted him to envision Jesus. Like, yeah. The, Jesus holding out his hand. You can see the blood, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And she said, "Is for whatever that person did that hurt you, and in your case, it's going to be you to forgive yourself, is the blood of Jesus sufficient mm. to cover that? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get the time back for yeah. you know the time that you've spent crying, the time you spent worrying, all that kind of stuff. The yeah. blood of Jesus is complete and sufficient. Yeah. To cover that thing, to wash yeah. it away, and yeah. you just gotta receive that. I know I messed the quote up a little bit, but you got the gist of it. It's basically, the blood yeah. of Jesus is what is—that's what's got to make it right. Yeah. And so we can forgive other people all day long. Oh, the yeah. blood of Jesus is sufficient for them. Yeah. It's sufficient for Brandy too. Yeah. We've yeah. all done something. Yeah. That like that still haunts us to this day. I know yeah. I have. I've done things that have haunted me to this day. But like you said, forgiveness is something that sometimes daily we have to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I choose. I choose to forgive every single day. Yeah. Absolutely. I choose to forgive every single day. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. It's a decision. Mm -hmm. For sure. Oh my gosh. I was not supposed to come on here doing all of this. Oh my gosh. It's all good. Well, Let me ask you this though: How you feel? All right, it, it, exactly. That's why it's called bold conversations because oh. these things are going to come up, and being a part of bold 
for me was being vulnerable and encountering women who were opening up their lives to me. Mm-hmm. That that's so bold. Yeah, Which is, is why I call this bold conversations because these are bold topics. These are things that probably will make me cry. I'll be like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but for another woman to see that it's okay for you to cry, it's okay for you to be vulnerable, it's okay for you to be open because mm-hmm. more people need to see that. They need to see the the human side of us mm-hmm. to see us feel and to also see us process the the feelings. So um and to see the strength, Brandy, because, you know, people, people, uh, people with an immature um, definition of yeah. vulnerability will look at it as weakness. It takes yeah. strength mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with somebody. Oh, my gosh. So much. It takes strength. So thank you so much. for your for your strength and for your vulnerability and for doing this thing, for creating this space, because women need this. Yeah. Women need this space. Yeah. That it's okay. It's okay. And I'm learning, and I know we're going over, and I see we still have people on. So thank y'all for staying with us. But I'm learning through vulnerability that there may be, you may get hurt. Yep. You may, but talking about that sacrificial love, you're willing to make that sacrifice for. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. And so you, you, you're vulnerable, you're open and you don't even know how this person is going to receive it. They may not receive it. Well, they may may be like, it's a no for me, you know, (laughs) or they may be like, okay, okay. This is major. Like, let's work through this. Let's talk through this. Let's figure all this stuff out. You don't know. You don't. And so that's what I'm learning through, you know, being open. I'm being more expressive and talkative and saying how I feel. And that hasn't always been me, you know, living with a a dad who was Hispanic, single parent, like defense all the way through. I don't have time for emotions. I'm trying to put food on the table. That part, that, all of that. And then Mm -hmm. I was in a single parent. So that's, I, 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 I walked right into that one. Like, was raised by one and then got myself into one. And then I was just like, I just took what I learned and was like, okay, we applying it to this. So right. it, I can find myself very easily leaning into that because mm-hmm. of an upbringing of minds and then what I went through. But thank you so much for this. This was so good. Um, I am just so excited. So tell the people about your journal. You said something about a journal that you have. How can people access it? Is there a website? Yeah, it's it's that? available. Um, it's available on on Amazon. And like just to to piggyback on what you said just a minute ago. Okay. So with with the journal, um, the, it's called Lineage and Legacy. Y'all can see it. You know, fly, okay. right across, right on top of my head. It's called Lineage and Legacy. And so. The lineage part, like part of it, is for us to be able to recount family history in in certain areas. So in faith, in family values, in um, function, like what 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 did our people do? Um, yeah. This the deluxe version, the one that you see with the multicolors, also has something called pharmacy. So a lot of us, you know, we around here on antibiotics and all this different stuff. You know, when 
grandmama and them, they knew you go get these herbs, you put this together and this will take care of this, that or the other. So that's what that section is for. Yeah. But then the legacy portion is where we cast vision for our future generations in those same areas so that's that's the heart behind that but one of the things that i want to say about the journal in relation to what you just shared about your dad and then how you you know kind of walked into the same thing is that it's not just about writing down um the things that our family did that was great like let's be honest with our future generations we did this and this wasn't it yeah. right so let's try to avoid the things that end us up in those kind of situations so it's it's, it's yeah. about passing down information you know, a, yeah. a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that's yeah. not always money. Mm. You know, sometimes that's wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Brandy, I'm sorry. Girl, if, let me tell you, if if, Le if Linda watches this, she's going to be mad at me just for that minute right there. She's going to be like, she didn't even tell them how to find the, how to find the journal. It's on Amazon. Okay, y'all can just... Put in lineage and legacy, Daria Morris, or if, if I have access to the yeah. chat, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the link to the, okay. to the thing. Um, yes, I my husband and I are very, we're very much word of mouth people. So yeah. um, most of the couples that we've helped, we, we typically don't market. We just, we get word of mouth. People come to us yeah. and they're like, hey, can you help us with this? And that's, that's how we roll with it. Um, yeah. But it's for people who just like, just want to kind of follow along or be able to get in touch with us. We have a YouTube channel, um, Morris Family Studio. Because okay. um, I'm, I'm also a gardener. So uh, oh, wow. the long-term goal is for us to have weekend retreats for couples where we incorporate gardening and, you know, family, all that kind of stuff. Life lessons yeah. from the garden. But yeah, we're not there yet, but they can follow us on YouTube, Morris Family Studio. Um, I'm on Instagram, Tootie underscore Morris. So all the things. Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so great. Thank you all who stayed on, who uh, sat in, listened. Um, I, I'm, uh, somebody said, way to go, ladies. Great conversation. Thank you for your transparency. Oh, That's my friend. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Y'all will see me here back next week. Um, I end up having a back to back. It's 630 Central Standard Time. Um, I'll have Ashley Spriggs on. She is the owner of a nonprofit called I Am Her. It is being planted right now in middle schools here in the DFW area where she's helping young girls with insecurities. And that's going to be our topic. Um, so make sure that you join us for that. Um, thank y'all so much for who joined us. And thank you for staying on for a couple of more minutes. We appreciate it. And I will see y'all next Wednesday. Thank y'all so much. Bye, everybody.